Alright, ladies and gentlemen, the books was in. The books are in. Yep. Alright man, we back. You know what I'm saying? Brother Panther had uh accidentally ended the broadcast instead of just leaving and uh it kind of left the show right there. So yeah, this the after show, you know what I'm saying? And it go a little something like these. Hold up. But yeah, we ended, we were we were uh, actually building on we built on a bunch of different topics. But um, I think uh, what I had put in the chat was a, a sister that people really don't talk about either during that whole experiment. And that is uh, that link that I actually gave you there. The um, Wikipedia, uh, Eunice River, Laura, Eunice Rivers, there you go right there. Put in the chat. Let's put that in the chat. Uh, anyone, you know, coming in or whatever, you know, tell a friend, tell a friend. I'm back at it again. Paul Tizzle. The follow-up. Yeah, man, we appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, just building what is right now. Waiting on Kofi them to, to hop on real quick. And then... We can see what's on Coffee Mine and then uh Sue Take Mine or whatever and let them rock out. Yeah, man, share the show, man. I can't share nothing. Facebook ain't messing with me. I got three, I got three days of Facebook jail, bro. No. Yeah, no. Let me see if I can add Coffee Facebook page on here. Yeah, man. All right, so again, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I mean? We are back for the after show. Thank you for tuning in to uh, the Monster Warrior Clan, a Lafayette, all my West Africans out there, hotel to all my uh, remitch out there, you know what I mean? African-American remitch, you know what I'm saying? Uh, ETM Hotel, Rennie Sean is welcome in peace. My name is Sean. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Monster Warrior Clan after show. Uh, if you missed the first one, we just was slight building on West Africa a little bit. Then we got in a bunch of other topics before we wrapped up. We were discussing uh, the Tuskegee experiment and we were actually discussing the movie, um, Mrs. Evers uh, Boys. And uh, you know how that tells a better story of the Tuskegee experiment. You know, and uh, we really want to deal with we, we need to deal with that as a people from that perspective so we can make sure that we're, we're giving out the correct information to our brothers and sisters regarding the Tuskegee experiment and what actually had happened. What was the truth behind the Tuskegee experiment? 
And we need to make that we need to make that distinction very clear. Very clear. So uh Tech is back in the building. Um again, you know what I mean? We were just talking about different pseudoisms and and all kind of things, but you know, for this after show, um, I want to kind of get into something real quick that I could have uh, touched on in the last show, but I want everybody that's actually paying attention to, uh, you know, in the building right now, man, look, we live on Kofi Facebook page. We live on the Master Warrior Clan YouTube channel. Um, like the show, share the show, tell a friend, tell a friend. I'm about to get to y'all, man. The best way that I can get to you, I'm, I'm slick, kind of waiting on Kofi. Because uh, before I want to give you this information, he said give him five minutes. That was five minutes ago. That was three minutes. Yeah, three minutes ago. That ain't the same link. Sute got right in this joint, yo. Sute. How you get in here? They can't get in here. Yeah, I got him. I got him. You put it in there? Yeah, I got it. Okay, okay, cool. All right, so um, oh, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to let people get in here, man, before I begin, because I don't want to lose nobody before yeah, I start. So, uh, man, it feel like uh, today feel like Saturday. I ain't even gonna lie to y'all. I feel like tomorrow's Sunday for some reason, man. All right, here go this old redhead ass. You gotta change your avatar. Yeah, I'm gonna change. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm gonna change the direction a little bit from where we are. I want to give everybody that piece of information. We got all right, so we we armed and dangerous right now. Damn. All right, my bad. So. Uh, again, like the show, share the show, tell a friend, tell a friend. We back at it. We in the building. Me, Kofi, Sutek, T'Challa. What I want to kind of do is I want y'all to bear with me a, a minute. I want to uh, read something, but I need to give you context. And then I need to give you specifics about something. And I want to try to get in as much as I can possible so that you can understand the mind of Arabs and I'm talking about is the, the creation of Islam being a Muslim be, you know what I'm saying their worldview what they're seeing what they're thinking what they're doing before leaving the area where they are just their cultural understanding of the significance of things around them that's helping them to develop. Remember, they're just a new age, pretty much. 
You know what I mean? If you look at it, the, the history of things, their new age, 600 years ago. You know what I mean? 600 years ago. So let's get into it. What I want to talk about is the um, the methods of instruction. And uh, I'm going to skip some of the things because I don't want to give you too much on it because it's beating a dead horse. And I want to kind of deal with uh, the various sciences that exist in contemporary civilization. But before that, the sciences are numerous, only where civilizations are large and sedentary culture highly developed. Now, uh, I'm going to read back something that I said before, but it's only because I want to get into specifics here regarding uh, science and, and theology and all of that. All right, so here we go. The reason for that, uh, for this is that scientific instruction is one of the crafts. We have stated before that the crafts are numerous only in cities. The only quantity and the number of crafts depended on the greater or lesser extent of civilization in the cities and on sedentary culture and luxuries they enjoy because highly developed crafts are something additional to just making a living. When civilized people have more labor available than they need for mere substance, such surplus labor is used for activities over and above making a living. These activities are man's prerogative. They are the sciences and the crafts. People who grow up in villages and uncivilized, thinly populated cities and who have an innate desire for scientific activity cannot find scientific instruction in those places. For scientific instruction is something technical and there are no crafts among the inhabitants of the desert. These people therefore must travel and seek scientific instruction in cities where civilization is highly developed as is the case with all crafts. Goes back to what I told y'all earlier. We at this time noticed that science and scientific instruction exist in Cairo and Egypt because the civilization is greatly developed and its sedentary culture has been well established for thousands of years. Therefore, the crafts are firmly established. There are and exist in many varieties one of them, this scientific instruction. Before I move on any further, I am reading from the words of Ibn uh, Khaldun. All right, he's an Arab scholar. I'm reading from his words. These are his words that's in the Makadima. They might pronounce it a little bit different. Makadima, Makadima, however they want to say it. Now, the sciences with which people concern themselves in cities and which they acquire and pass on through instruction are two kinds. One is that is natural man, uh, natural to man and to which he is guided by his own ability to think and traditional kind that he learns from those who, who invented him, invented it. Now, the first kind comprises the uh, philosophical sciences. They are the ones with which man can become acquainted through the very nature of his ability to think and to whose objects, problems, arguments, and methods of instruction he is guided by his human perception so that he is made aware of the distinction between what is correct and what is wrong in them by his own speculation and research in so much as he is thinking human being. The second comprises the traditional conventional sciences. All of them depend upon information based on the authority of the given religious law. 
There is no place for the intellect in them, save that the intellect may be used in the connection with them to relate problems of detail with basic principles. Particulars that constantly come into being are not included in the general tradition by the mere fact of its existence. Therefore, they need to be related to the general principles by some kind of analogical reasoning. However, such analogical reasoning is derived from the traditional information, while the character of the basic principle, which is traditional, remains valid unchanged. Now, thus, analogical reasoning of this type of reverse to the tradition itself because it is derived from uh, derived from it. Hold on, let me get new link. Now, the basis of traditional science is legal material of the Quran and the Sunnah, which is the law given us by God and his messenger, as well as the sciences connected with the material by means of which we are unable to utilize it. This further requires an auxiliary science and scientists of the Arabic language. Arabic is the language of Islam and the Quran was revealed in it. The different kinds of traditional sciences are numerous because it is the duty of responsible Muslim to know the legal obligation God placed upon him and upon his fellow men. They are derived from the Quran and the Sunnah, either from the text or through general consensus or through combination. The traditional legal sciences were cultivated in Islam in a way that permitted no further increase. The students of those scientists reached the furthest possible limit in knowledge of them. The various technical terminologies were refined and an order was brought into the various disciplines. The traditional science thus achieved exceeding excellence and refinement. Each discipline had its authorities to whom one referred and its rules that were used for instruction. Now, the sciences of the Quran and interpretation of Quran reading, peep this. The Quran is the word of God that was revealed to his prophet. Its transmission has been continuous in Islam. However, the men around Muhammad transmitted it with the authority of the messenger of God in different ways. These differences affect certain of these words in it in the manner in which the letters were pronounced. They were handed down and became famous. Eventually, seven specific ways of reading the Quran became established. All right, uh, jurisprudence is the knowledge of the classification of the laws of God and which concern the actions of all responsible Muslims as obligatory, forbidden, recommendable, dislike, or permissible. These are derived from the Quran and the Sunnah traditions and from the evidence Muhammad has established. The laws evolved this uh, from this evidence are called jurisprudence. I'm going to stop right there for a second. This is how they're thinking. This is what perceives them to be the people that they are today. This is the reason why they only had one golden age. They only had one golden age when they understood that for thousands of years, science had catapulted the ancient remit to a level of degree that was unlike no other. Like they said earlier on in the paragraph that I read in Cairo, when they were specifically speaking of Cairo, right? They said, because the civilization is greatly developed and its sedentary culture has been well established for thousands of years, thousands of years. So these Muslims earlier on were you know, were looking at this in awe. Right now, what I said to, on the last show to tie it back, and I'm gonna skip to this because this is crucial. This is the way that they're thinking. Now, 
Now, let me give you the whole context so you can understand. And then when I read this, the end of this particular thing right here, we can discuss the earlier uh, the earlier Muslims evolved from the evidence through unavoidably. Um, they deferred in its interpretation. The evidence is mainly derived from Arabic texts. In many instances, and especially regarded to legal concepts, there are well-known differences among them as to the meaning of explicit in the words. Furthermore, the traditions differ widely in respect of the reliability of the uh, uh, recessions. Their legal contents, as a rule, are contradictory. Therefore, a decision is needed. This makes uh, for differences of opinion. Furthermore, evidence not derived from text cause still other differences of opinion then there are new cases which arise and are not covered by the text they are referred by analogy to things that are covered by the text all of this serves to stir up unavoidable differences of opinion and this is why controversy occurred among early muslims and the religious leaders after them moreover not all the men around muhammad were qualified to give legal decisions not all of them could serve as a source for religious practice that was restricted to the men who knew the Quran and were acquainted at the abrogating and abrogated uh, the ambiguous and unambiguous verses. And with all the rest of evidence that can be derived from the Quran, since they had learned these matters from the prophet directly or from their higher ranking colleagues who had learned it from him. These men, therefore, were called readers, that is, men able to read the Quran. Since the Arabs were an illiterate nation, their ability to read was a remarkable thing in those days. It continued to be that way at the beginning of Islam. Then the cities of Islam grew and illiteracy disappeared from among the Arabs because of their constant occupation with the Quran. Now, the development of the jurisprudence took place. It was perfect. It was uh, perfected and came to be a craft and a science. The Quran readers were uh, no longer called Quran readers, but jurists and religious scholars. The jurists developed two different approaches to jurisprudence. One was based on reasoning and analogy. It was represented by the uh, Iraqis. The other was based on traditions. It was represented by the Hijazis. The leader of the Iraqis around whom and whose follow was their school center was the Imam Abu Hanifa, the leader of the Hajazis was Malik B. Anas, and after him was Ash Shafai. Later on, a group of religious scholars disproved of analogy and rejected its use. They were the Zarahites. They restricted the sources of the law and the text and the general consensus. They considered uh, obvious analogy and casualties suggest by the text are resting in the text themselves because a text that indicates a ratio legis permits legal decision for all the cases covered by such a kind of reasoning. The leaders of this school were Dawood B. Ali and his son and their followers. I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to bore y'all to death. And I want to basically kind of touch on a couple of things that they actually said um, in here. And one of them that stood out, and I don't think many of y'all caught it when I said it last time, but the Quran was written by Christians and Jews. Um, so this thing was written through their interpretation. Remember that they always give credit and honor to the prophet Muhammad and the other prophets that, you know, follow him. 
Now, remember, in order to be a prophet, you had to be a scholar. You had to be a scholar. They looked at scholars like prophets because they so-called were smarter than everybody else as far as when it came to uh, this stuff. And then, it, you know, religious rule had taken place. So from the from early on, the inception of, of Islam, its creation, its ideology and its worldview, we knew that illiteracy existed. Um, the prophet himself was uh, illiterate. So now that we know that they have an illiterate prophet, you know what I mean? Um, he couldn't read or write. He had to speak to Christians and Jews. So, because they were the writers of the Quran. Now, some people might think that I'm lying. Like, Sean, what do you mean? How are Christians and Jews responsible for writing? Well, the Christians and Jews had a writing style, a writing script. The Muslims, the, the Arabs early on in history, or the Muslims early on in history, they didn't have a script. They were illiterate. I just read where it told you that Arabs were an illiterate nation. Their ability to read was, uh, I, I said that. I'm going to go back. It said, these men, therefore, were called readers. Those are the people who could read the Quran. That is, men able to read the Quran since the Arabs were an illiterate nation. Their ability to read was a remarkable thing in those days. It continued to be that way at the beginning of Islam. Then cities of Islam grew and illiteracy disappeared from among the Arabs because of their constant occupation with the Quran. So the more familiar that you became with the Quran and you could read the Quran, the better things began to be for you. So immediately all praises be to Allah. The merciful the prophet Muhammad. Why? Because the Quran would change the outcome of your worldview. This is the birth of the inception of your ideology for the air. Remember, Africa's doing its own thing. It's dealing with traditions on its own merit. Uh, do I go ahead and put I'm checking my notes because I don't mind sharing one of these things about my notes regarding to uh, something regarding, let me see, 213, oh, 287, what am I giving you on 287? Eventually this becomes custom and trade of character mostly except for whom God protects. Oh, uh, no. Oh, here it is. If this situation spreads in the town of nation, God permits to be ruined or destroyed. This is the meaning of the word God. When we want to destroy a village, we order those of the... Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to get out there. Uh, that's... That's some work going into some other work. Yeah, I got it kind of, but you know what I mean? 
But in here, um, this is what makes the Makadima, uh, which you're unfamiliar, is an introduction to the history of the classic Islamic history of the world by uh, Ibn Khaldun. This is a unique work because I don't, I didn't know specifically that Christians was involved in the the writing of the Quran. You know, I had uh, thought Jews was but I didn't know Christians and Jews work together. So, you know, if the prophet Muhammad um, at the creation of this is speaking to Christian and Jews and he's trying to get him, you know, he's saying all of these things. Well, to a Christian, let's be honest, a Christian, a Jew is writing the similar stuff in another text. writing the similar stuff in another text so now you have that both of them are steadfast in the bible like i i can't i can't make this up and caldoon is one of the sources this that literally this is an arab an arab tells us a scholar this dude is looked at as a scholar this arab tells us in his works that a christian and a muslim wrote the quran He says this. He said they wrote the Quran because they were illiterate. I can go back a little bit more. And it says, man is essentially ignorant and becomes learned through acquiring knowledge. I agree with that assessment. We're naturally ignorant. And it's when we start to acquire those, uh, you know, we start to acquire knowledge when we become a little bit more smart and we discern and our intellect grows. So, um, you know, I'm not making this up. This Arab scholar writes these things and he says this about his own prophet, that his prophet was illiterate. His prophet could not read or write and had they had help from jews and christians in writing the book and arabs were naturally historically illiterate and we're talking 600 years ago it's 2020 620 years ago or so so these are the things that come out of you know this ain't really all my research because i'm not even going in that direction to actually what I'm arguing is something that I'm researching right now isn't what I'm actually trying to really deal with. I just felt like talking about it because this was something that I'm not going to be writing about in the future. This is just, you know, this is not a part of anything, but this is helping me understand Arabs. This is helping me understand Muslims. This is helping me understand Islam. This is helping me understand the direction of their, their holy book, right? Um, but that's not the only book because they, they did the Quran and then I think it's the Hadith or something like that. But then they say in the Hadith, I was dealing with some stuff. Uh, some scholars were questioning certain parts of the Hadith is taking it uh, figuratively instead of literally because the, they almost added anything in the Hadith. Like, for instance, 
man, you got to lace your shoe a particular way because it'll look good or it might be fresher. They would write that in the Hadith. Yeah, in the Sunnah. You see what I'm saying? So like these were, were they would do some, they would do some, um, they would say almost anything. And that's why scholars dismiss a lot of the Hadith because anything was accepted in there. So if the prophet was walking down the street and he said, you know, uh, it would be better for us to walk on the right-hand side of the street instead of the left-hand side of the street because of that's what a good is. People would, you know what I mean? That would enter the Hadith. Poetry would enter the Hadith. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah, right, you know? It was okay for you to have multiple women because the Hadith said it, it, it's natural. Exactly. So, you know, trying to understand the philosophical perspectives of a, of a Muslim is unique. And then you go and you look at, I go look at uh, Africanized Muslims. And, yep, the Hadith legitimized African slavery. I, I ain't even get there yet. I go look at Africanized Muslims and I'm like, all right, so I see what's making the Arab think the way that they want to think and write the things that they wrote about us in history. But then when I go looking on the continent, mainly at my brothers and sisters in West Africa, and I'm going down culturally and looking at things, it was like, oh man, we we dealing with, you know, they, they basically cherry pick some of the things that they were actually rocking with as far as when it comes to uh, Islam. It, they basically would cherry pick some of the things. They weren't steadfast like that. You don't see them, you know, doing all of these. <laughs> they got to be Allen. <laughs> they don't. You don't see them doing some of these things that they're doing over there in, in um, Arabia, so on and so forth. So, you know, it brings me back to the psychology of the original Muslim and the Arab and their perspective. And when they, before they even came into contact with everything else, science only helped them advance what they wanted to do so much so they only had one golden age because they tried to, they tried to play that game, which caused Kemet's weakness to break down. They played that game that, you know what I'm saying? The remage fell for where they started to be more uh, religious or uh, culturally embedded in things instead of dealing with dealing with the natural world for what it was and, and recognizing that enemies were, were smelting iron and developing weapons to come in and conquer and take over ancient Kemet because they wanted that land. They wanted that those resources. They wanted, they wanted to generate revenue at the time. They wanted to, they wanted to shine. They wanted to shine and they they wanted that their place, their position. And they felt like coming in and, and taking it would get them validity in the world. You know, so <laughs> yeah, I knew that would happen. But uh peace. Uh, but that's that's really what it is. So really in my research, man, and I'm just you know, I'm just in my review stage. I'm in my literature review stage because I still have uh, seven other, six other texts to get through. And um, I think two or three of the other texts that I'm, I'm reading next 
are themselves over 500, but I'm just dealing with Arab scholars and I'm dealing with, you know, people, all these, all these Arabs and these Muslims, and I'm reading it from their side because I've already read the other side over the past um, year and a half or so. So now I'm dealing with what they're dealing with. So I actually can pull from both sides to actually formulate and put this thing out because in the future, I do plan on writing something and, and using 23, 24 sources to corroborate my position in dealing with a claim that was made by Laura Apple. Um, and I want to kind of deal with that claim, this this claim specifically. I don't want to let the cat out the bag because everybody going to jump and then just know off the gate like, yeah, we, you know, even when you see it, you're you going to deal with it like that. But I just want to deal with the uh, the claim, but I want to see how Arabs envisioned themselves and looked at their natural world and how Islam sparked that interest and how the prophet Muhammad uh, infused the fire to move his people forward, so to say. But if you're an illiterate people and, you know, Christians and Jews is writing your book, then they're also controlling your na your narrative and your worldview once you begin to understand the Quran or uh, use the Quran as your guide or instructive tool to move your people forward. But I talked, I said my piece on that part. Um, I rambled out for a little while. Kofi, T'Challa, Sutek, I mean, what's up? What y'all, what y'all got to say about what y'all heard, man? I know Kofi said he was gonna be on here only for a little while. I think he was working on something, so he can probably kick it off. Man, he right here, bro. Trust me, he ain't doing nothing. He ain't going to sleep. He ain't got nothing else to do. His old lady sleep. You know what I mean? He probably fixing the sandwich right now. Well, you know what? He might be in the shower. I hope he is. He got away. So he might be taking a shower or something. Arabian golden egg is very important to the world. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. It lasted once. What was what was important about it, Court? What was the most important about it, I should say? He who is not educated by his parents will be educated by time. You actually hear something like that similarly to in Patahotep. You know what I mean? The Maximus of Patahotep kind of saying something along those lines as well. I think we need to learn how to understand what is African history and what is African culture. Like I said on the other show, um, instead of like looking to something coming out of the paradigms that we come out of diasporically, we look at anything that, you know, you got your little hair wrap going, you know, you got your little Arab traditional garb on and it looks appealing because we've seen people with darker skin dress in a certain way. So it plays into that lookership. Um, but if you really examine African culture, even that, the the Africans that are Muslim, you can clearly see that they are African first above anything. Um, at least those that stick and true to the traditions. I can't speak for every single human because that would be 
disingenuous um, and very naive of me, but I'm not naive in that sense. Like I know my people diasporically. I study my people diasporically. And until you begin to separate things to truly practice science and the root of the word to get to the nitty gritty, to separate, to divide, divide the the Arab narrative from the African narrative, because as soon as you go to West Africa or any part of Africa, especially North and, and West and, you know, dealing with the East over in uh, Kemet, everything is Arabatized from the languages to, you know, you have your, your loan words and your borrow words. And so that does get into the culture. But even though the language is Arabatized, if you if you only look at it at a glance, you're going to think that, you know, the whole Timbuktu thing, you're going to rock with all that. You you definitely not going to understand no Christian writers of no Quran by any means, because truth be told, I've only heard of two other people in my life that talk about that. And neither of those people I can even call up right now. Let's just get that established. Like, yeah, like very three people in my life I've ever heard really deal with who wrote the Quran. Mm-hmm. Seriously. You know what I'm saying? As far as who's controlling yeah. the Arab worldview. Hold up. Hold up. Stay right there. So listen to this. I'm on 191 on the Makadima. Khaldun's writings in his words. All right. So no specific ranks exist among the early Muslims in the field of tax collection, expenditure, and bookkeeping. The Muslims were illiterate Arabs who did not know how to write and keep books. For bookkeeping, they employed Jews, Christians, or certain non-Arab clients versed in it. Bookkeeping was little known among them. The nobles did not know it know it well, because literacy illiteracy was their distinctive characteristic. Likewise, no specific rank exists among the early Muslims in the field of official correspondence and transmitting and writing of orders to be executed. They were illiterate, and everyone can be tr- uh, trusted to keep a statement secret and to forward it safely to its destination. Also, there were no political matters that would have required thus of uh, confidential secretaries because the caliphate was a religious matter and had nothing to do with the power of politics. Furthermore, secretarial skill had not yet become a craft with its best features sought by the caliph. Every individual was capable of explaining what he wanted in the most eloquent manner. The only thing lacking was the technical ability to write. For this, the caliph always appointed someone who knew how to write well to do such writing as there was uh, occasion for. Now, if you want me to continue, I can go right on down here and skip a paragraph and it says it right here. Afterwards, royal authority flourished. The official counselor and assistance for tribal and group affairs made his appearance. For him, the name of Wasir was used. Bookkeeping remained in the hands of the clients, Jews and Christians for official documents and a special secretary was appointed in uh, precaution against possible publication of the rule of secrets, something that would be disastrous to his role of a political leader. The secretary was not an important role for the Wasir because he was needed only for writing matters and not for matters that could be discussed orally. At a time, speech still preserved its old position and was uncorrupted. Therefore, the Wazirat was the highest rank throughout the Umayyad dynasty. The Wazir had general supervision of all matters delegated to him and in an act of consult, uh, 
conservative capacity as well as other matters of defensive and offensive nature. This also entails the supervision of the Ministry of the Army, the assignment of the military allowances in the beginning of each month and other matters. I can continue to read and it's going to tell you that who was also responsible for writing the Quran again was the Christians and the Jews. That was me, Sean, that time. My bad to Charlie for that. So they, there you have more emphasis on what other writings the Jews and the Christians had upon these earlier Muslims. Yeah, I mean, because when we learn about Islam, all we learned was that the prophet was illiterate and that's where they stop. And then they jump into how, you know, in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful and this and that. And I have a certain personal contention with um, certain followers and teachings within that culture uh, for personal reasons. People who I've been in relationships with in the past who are responsible for, you know, certain things in my life today. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just a, oh, we studying history and we, you know, uh, setting the record straight on Africa. Like some of us have personal ties to these same people right now today that are claiming these things and attacking people's manhood about raising children because they're not Muslim. Oh yeah, it gets deep right now today where you're not a, uh, you know, your 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 man of stature is not even up to par if you're not, you know what I'm saying, a NOI. Um, no disrespect to those who want to follow that. Do your thing. I mean, it's not a disrespect to you as a person, but what is disrespectful is to put Arab culture on such a high pedestal and to try to make it seem like they was coming in with some type of science and giving it to Africa. You know, or like because you had an Islamic university, that, that was why West Africa is talked about. That's so that's more disrespectful than us actually bringing the truth out. It's more disrespectful to be a jerk, to do wrong and to actually cause destruction than the person that's calling you out on your destruction. You know what I'm saying? If, if I take three apples from you is worse than actually somebody snitching on me. Because if I hadn't took them in the first place, I wouldn't have had to worry about it. I ain't got no business taken from you. And that's what the Arabs have done. That's what Portuguese have done. That's what British have done. That's what everybody's been doing to Africa. Taking. Let me, let me ask y'all something. What it is, are those guys... You know, this just and 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 I'm I'm asking to get some some, some input on y'all what y'all think about it. Okay, those guys are they reading anything outside of uh, Islam for the Quran, the, the um, what is the hot what what is it they mean? Something else that they be reading. I can't think of the brother he be talking about all the time, but the Quran. And stuff that's dealing with uh the books of uh uh not uh elijah muhammad we know elijah muhammad wrote a lot of books do they read anything out are they reading anything outside of that you know because i'm asking that because if if they did i don't think they would and maybe they would because i know people that do even when they do um 
you know, read and verify numerous sources on certain things that contradict what they believe or what they stand for. They still, you know, they still believe what they believe. They still participate for whatever reason, it may be monetary, uh, you know, clout, power, you know, and et cetera. But do y'all think these guys are reading anything outside of the Quran and uh, Elijah Muhammad uh, publication? Well, to depends on which group of people that you're referring to. Because if we go back and we look at what we're talking about right now and discussing, we know that the Arabs stood on, you know, basically when they, you know, to get rid of illiteracy, they stood on the Quran. You see what I'm saying? The Quran was to bring them out of all the other stuff. And there was no use for no other works until they start writing other uh, theological books regarding Islam and the, you know, the Arab worldview through Islam. And this is where this notion would take place. So that should give you some type of uh, thought process on how they're reading earlier on. And I'm specifically speaking from them first. But yeah, weren't they ransacking? Weren't they ran? Well, you know, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm right. I'm, I'm way up here to the nation of Islam when I ask that question. Um, but we we dealing with, with the Arabs. Um, was they one day ramshacking? One day ramshacking, you know, temples and and universities and raping them for the uh, you know, raping them for the information when they was going in and pillaging uh um 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 certain countries in Africa. Yeah, coffee. They were they weren't you know it it, it is what it is with them, but you know as far as the when they were ransacking, you have to think about it. Were they really ransacking initially? They were ransacking to gain power, right? Because because their holy book gave them the authority to 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 enter particular places and do and do the things that they needed to do in order to advance their worldview. You know, remember I said earlier. You know, my research is 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 consistently about right now is going to be for the next few months. I don't know how long this journey going to be with all these books, but it's all about the Arabs and how they see the, the world themselves. I don't care nothing about what our African brothers and sisters are thinking. I don't care nothing about what Europeans are thinking about them. I am dealing specifically with the Arab worldview how the Arabs are writing these things themselves and what they are and how they are looking at this thing with the advancement of their beliefs, their culture, their traditions. And, you know, they, they had to advance. And when it go back to what I read earlier to you, what Cal Doom specifically stated, you know, this thing was about uh, when they got a hold of uh, particular sciences themselves, they made this thing, uh, the scientific field, they made, uh, the Quran, well, the, the study of theology, a, a, a scientific field for them to be able to advance their, their people as well because of the way they anointed prophets or so-called so-called prophets, scholars that, that ended up being so-called prophets. So when they when they looking at things, they're looking at things to do what you would do for your family, I guess. Well, now nah, you wouldn't do necessarily anything they doing. 
but I don't want to get to the ransacking part yet because there's still more more information that needs to be discerned. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Rod talking about them coin. Yeah, I know you know about them. Yeah, yeah. I get you on the coin thing. I was just trying to get the mental the mental capacity of the air, but. Kobe, you got a better argument or a question regarding regarding them early on. And um they speak high, you know, they speak eloquently of you know the prophet, even though he was illiterate and they were illiterate people. You know what I mean? So if they justified anything, then they were gonna handle their business from there. No Jews, Syrian, Christian, Aryan, sex. Arts founders, <laughs> the earliest followers of Islam don't even mention Muhammad or mention the title Islam. Muhammad was a title referred to. Uh, translation movement is what freed the Arabs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So I I could I see what you're saying based on what what um what Caldoun is saying. To, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I can feel that right there because if the uh, if the Jews, the Syrians, and Christians and Aryans are, you know, the founders of this this movement, um, then that would justify, you know, the Jews and the Christians writing and bookkeeping uh, for them. So this whole issue, man. This whole issue with these dudes is crazy. Did Islam start out anti-black African or did that come later? Um, I don't I don't think the earliest inception of these people, just based on what we're talking about, these Muslim, they were not uh, when you when you say black African, I, I think you're referring to uh yeah, Khaldun is yeah, I got yeah, I see what you're saying, Ra. Um uh, um but Kimbo, yeah, um they didn't have people like you and me in there now. They had people that were distinctively like them. This is this is their culture, this is their traditions. You know what I mean? This is this is something that they felt like that the rest of the world would benefit from if they thought like, act like, betrayed like, ate like, slept like, believed like them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ra, I agree with that too, as as far as the the dating with Cal Doom, because he is, you know, the chronology of him is is later on. I just, you know, he's respected among Arabs, you know, uh, scholars, so to say. So that's why I said that. He said, "Pull up on the screen, Greco Arabic translation movement." Okay, oh, I'm pulling it up. See, now he finna send me back down the dang on rabbit hole. I ain't ready to go down. <laughs> All right, there you go. Was a large, well-funded and sustained effort responsible for translating a significant volume of circular Greek, uh, Greek texts into Arabic. Hmm? The translation movement took place in Baghdad, yep, from the mid-8th century to the late 10th century. 
while the movement translated from uh, many languages into Arabic, including Pahlavi, Sanskrit, uh, Syriac, and Greek. It is often referred to as the Greco-Arabic translation movement because it was predominantly focused on translating the works of Hellenistic scholars and other circular Greeks texts into Arabic. And this is Rob Warren's point in the argument of what was taking place and why these people were there and present and writing and bookkeeping and doing all of those things. That goes back to the point of who's influencing this whole uh, Islamic narrative. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to Ra. Yep, here you go. He just said it. How they got the science. Yep. And in Caldoun's work, he speaks extensive, extensively later on in this book, Ra, uh, in the Makadima about the science, the sciences. It's, it's an exhausting period for them regarding the sciences and how they looked at it, viewed at it, and what they did was they tried to Muslimize or Islamicize science, uh, sciences that would actually work for them um, to their benefit. And then that, then that gives me, um, that gives me a little bit more insight. Appreciate that. That gives me a little bit more insight on their worldview and how they see things and how they see things. Yep. Even in the pre-Islamic stages, which is written about too. Um, but this is just really one of the sources that I'm actually reading out of a bunch of them, but I'm just trying to understand them from that perspective to, uh, to really get at a particular question. So yeah, this is useful right here. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Yep, they sure did. Uh huh. Hey, one other thing that uh that uh that Caldoun was talking about uh was even though you said astronomy, but he speaks extensively a couple of times about astrology being in the forefront, and I'm thinking that that's because of the Greek the the uh, Greco-Roman influence. When you're talking about making it work out, what's it? Yeah, so that's uh that's that's what I've uh noticed too. Even though they did have some astrology in the mix, but they were they spoke more and well he Caldoun speaks more in this book about uh astrology than astronomy, but astronomy is mentioned in the field of study. And I find because of that it's because of that great influence. Yeah translating them greek texts and all that shit and then you have ptolemy over there in, in egypt yep ptolemy you know, his face mm -hmm. yeah. ptolemy in too. he was big on astrology yeah and this, this take it back to when they when they make a uh see right here it talks about hold on peace to the god killer the god i got some power brothers what up, um, man? My clan warriors up. What's up? What up? What up? It says right here it says astrologers have noticed this and have been amazed by the favorable conditions and abundance of property in the east. They came and said that the gifts of the stars and shares of good fortune were larger in the uh, nativities of the east than those in the west. 
this is correct from the point of view of the correspondence between astrological judgments and terrestrial conditions. But astrologers give us only the astrological reason. They ought to, they ought to also, well, hold on. They ought also, I don't know why they're saying that like that, to give us terrestrial reason. This being a large extent of concentration of civilization in Eastern regions, a large civilization yields large profits because of a large amount of available labor, which is the cause of profit. Therefore, the East enjoys more prosperity than all other regions. This is not exclusively the result of the influence of the stars. Our previous indications have made it clear that the influence of the stars cannot produce such a result all by itself. A correspondence between astrological judgment and terrestrial civilization and nature is something inevitable. This is <laughs> this is how they seeing these things, man. And just keep on talking about this. The Boudins, man. They just keep on. Running the muck with this stuff. Yeah, I was just building on a little bit some uh stuff that uh that I was actually digging into earlier and now we'd uh Rod linked up, gave us a little bit of information, uh pulled up talking about the Greco Arabic translation movement. And we just try to, you know what I'm saying, you know, I'm doing all this old Arabic research on trying to understand the Arabs from their worldview and uh their inception on how they look at things specifically for themselves for some for something that i'm working on in the future since i've already read the other side of this argument <laughs> just talking about astronomy and astrology yeah, yeah yeah well you know um we were talking about the period or the point in time where the arabs first got the sciences you know originally being illiterate people they ain't they ain't have no justification for any of that so Y'all talk about the House of Wisdom? No, nah, I ain't got into the. We did earlier uh, with. Um, yeah, Ben did earlier. Yeah, Ben. He, he talked about that. What do you say? Uh, pretty much, just you know, the House of Wisdom was a was a, a bigger influence on them than anything else out of it. And um, we were talking about something that I think you left at the time when Gideon started trying to present that information that I ain't hear nothing about. But anytime Gideon, like I said on that show, anytime Gideon speaks, I ain't listening to that dude. Which one? The one? Which one is Gideon? Oh, yeah, man. The, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. He told Jew every everybody. Uh, everybody's an Israelite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he a little bit. Mentally unstable. Did, did Ben talk about the fact that the um? I think the thing for me when you speak on a house of wisdom is that it's like a translating house. Now remember these Muslims, right? Mm -hmm. So my my point is my my point of contention, and for why I even embarked on the study of the house of wisdom is because you know I was trying to really understand what role. The atheist played in the whole piece, and in investigating the atheists, you know you gotta you gotta investigate the Greeks. And when you investigate the Greeks, you start studying their Greek philosophers, okay. And then when you start investigating that, you know first it was philosophy, and then the philosophy transformed. Uh, philosophers tra transformed to naturalists. 
okay and then once you follow the naturalists okay then you start to talk about the followers of plato and stuff like that and once you understand the followers of plato right platonists they called them and then you get to uh the study at the house of wisdom and how that school came about and then you recognize it's a translating house okay and listen to the progression and then you start to say well god damn you read the quran and we've all checked out the quran you know what i'm saying they start calling you uh, certain names if you don't believe in allah right the god or 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 they, they call it hebrews the people of the book right what they call them now? Uh, infidels then they call them infidels yeah yeah infidel or something else yeah that and something else Kafirs. yeah so i'm sitting back tripping i'm saying so you looking at people it's like it's like you take a group of white people and they look at some black people and say y'all a bunch of infidels but yet you take all their signs and shit. and i say the muslims are very strange there Mm -hmm. they, they consider the Greeks to be infidels too, yeah. like pagans. The Egyptians, oh, y'all certainly pagans. Y'all have more than one God, right? All y'all infidels and got the wrong God, but yet you're translating a text, right? And yet you got Muslims that are called Patanis, got a whole big giant book talking about, I'm like, wow. And so the intelligent people at that time was studying Greek philosophy, looking at Egyptian texts, and they translate these joints, right? And this is how they get their start in scientific investigation because they learn from the things. I mean, it's smart. And so, you know, John Henry Clark says, study European history. You know what I'm saying? You know, we make the Greeks everybody white boys. And so that's why I always did that. I, you know, you know, I was always making sure I understood the white boys or the Greeks, the Romans, right? And, and, and the Germans and Hitler, you know what I'm saying? Hitler, when he attacking countries, he's going for their libraries and shit. I think you can watch episode six or episode five of the Cosmos, and he's talking about Hitler and how they was attacking Russia, right? Stalin and the boys. You know how Stalin got corrupted with pseudoscience, and the whole episode was talking about basically about seeds and how these scientists instead of eating the seeds to live they just starved out and kept the seeds and how some of them seeds bear fruit to this day and we you, we eating some of those vegetables from them seeds but the point is hitler he's attacking libraries and trying to get the scientific information bro the same thing the romans did they wasn't burning shit down they was getting your books and your scientific information the same thing the greeks was doing on the sneaky tip they was investigating different places right it was going to egypt we know that and it takes us back to the Greek philosophers and all of them fails. You know what I'm saying? Which happened to be one of my favorite Greeks. He starts a, a scientific school, right? I'm saying all this to say, why in the hell would the Muslims follow the Greeks and study the Egyptian texts? I understand why now. This is something as cultures try to mature. It's about the libraries. It's about the science. They ain't never trying to get you for the religion, which brings me to an interesting point. You would have to study Egyptian religion because intertwining their religion, you know, they intertwine their science. They hadn't got to the point where they separate the science yet. They, ain't, they wasn't there yet. You look at the papyrus 
uh, not the rhyme, but but the uh, not the rhyme mathematical papyrus, right? But the medical papyrus. All right. And uh, what's the what's the name of the uh, Edwin Smith medical papyrus? Okay. If you look at that, you'll see for the first time, okay, in medical history, you'll see uh, thoughts strictly dealing with without no spookism cures. All right, we talking like battlefield cures. This is where you get shock trauma from, y'all. Egyptian battlefield medicine is just is is strictly talking about that. But some people make the mistake and don't realize that also in that same papyrus, they got spells, incantations, right? Right? But for the first time in history, you don't see the mix where they separate the two things. You know, you know how you know how two things can be true at one time? Like it's true that they did different case studies on battlefield medicine with no prayers and nothing in it. Okay. But then in other portions of the papyrus, they got spells and stuff. And so I'm saying for me, right, and the way I analyze shit, you, you for the first time you can actually see that there is no spells and nothing when they're dealing with the battlefield medicine and the cures and what to do and how to banish, how to deal with head wounds and all that. There is no prayer in that. No, go, no, no, nothing. No, no, what you would call African spirituality in that. They separate that. So you can see the Egyptians making a move towards separating their religion from their signs. I say all this to say, right, that it is imperative for those Greeks to try to understand the Egyptian culture by studying their religion because in their religion was the science. And I make two points here that when we look at it, we should never think that the Europeans or the Greeks, like, was the first people to separate their signs from their religion. We say it all the time when we kept it, kept it together. But the reality is, I can show a text where they actually separated that, right? And and they had beliefs for the Egyptians. If shit was old for them, it was renowned. It was the best. You know, like we get the elders, the best. They had the same thing right here in their head. For better for worse, right? Better for worse. I think it's just important for us to see that separation right there. And so that's why the Masi are important because they keep us in check on the spiritual systems and the different ideas, right? But it's also important to have the scientific innovation because it was the damn Muslims, back to the Muslims again, that recognized the science, you know what I'm saying, that the Egyptians had and that the Greeks had, right? And they built on it and built, and built the house of wisdom which helped them reach their one and only golden age. And you know, I learned this from Dr. John Henry Clark. What in the hell is a golden age? And science and technology. This is where you flourish. This is where we all, now I'm saying a few things. Watch this. This is how we catch the goddamn going moors, right? This is how we catch them making up shit. Because you hear them talk about Cordova and Spain and how the moors conquered uh, 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 Europe. And they fought against yeah, uh, Spain. Spain was influential in their uh spread of Islam. Facts. Let me I don't want to talk about the spread of Islam. Watch this. And I know I'm going a little long, but I'm, I'm trying to make some serious points here. I'm trying to show separation of religion. I'm trying to show why it's important to uh one study science, two, 
follow the paths of your ancestors because you can see the way they walk and how they separate stuff. Three, figure out, you know, the religion thing is cool, right? Up to the point where you get the signs, you realize the most valuable thing you got is signs based off of the movements of the Arabs and the Greeks and how you would never hear the Muslims say, I ain't messing with that white boy sign, so that African sign, you never heard that. Or they, they even they go against their religion, I ain't messing with them pagan signs. No, they, they took it and they used it to their advantage to reach their golden ages, right? Okay? And the Moors, they be cheating and lying because when they talk about Cordova and Spain and they go and get it straight of Gibraltar and they run across the king, uh, Ruddock, and they defeat him, you know what I'm saying? Tariq, the general Tariq and all that. And they play us with that. But the truth is, how the hell do the books and stuff get to Cordova and Spain? How does the wisdom and information get to, 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 to Spain, right? In these different cities, Cordova and all that. How? They generate them from the house of wisdom, y'all. In Baghdad. For what's Baghdad? It's the capital of the Arab world on that time. You feel me? So what African nation at this time period was shipping books to Cordova and Spain. It wasn't, it wasn't that. It was the Arabs doing that because it was the conquest of the Arabs. This is their golden age. And so the Moors be lying and cheating. Okay, so we know you got three types of uh, Moors. Black and Moors, Tawny Moors, and just Moors. Right? We know the Africans was the slave army. They won't tell you that. They won't admit it. They the bodyguards. That's why whenever you see the Moors on pictures, they got the fucking scimitars, right? Or the guns, whatever the hell they got, because they the fucking police or the or the guards. They couldn't even go outside while they was in Spain. Read Stanley Poole's work. Um, what's it called, Sean? I know your name of it. Stanley Poole. Um, I right, man, I don't read that. I don't read that Moor stuff. Not the story not of the Moors. The story of the Moors in Spain. Yeah, man, how'd you mean? That ain't no, that ain't no more stuff. That's a good ass. That's a good. <laughs> what word did you just say? Stanley Poole, the golden age of the Moors, yo. Thank you. No, it's not the golden age of the Moors. Stanley, don't say that. That's, that's Ivan. Yeah, that's, that's Van Serdam. Yeah, Van Serdam made that up. It's never, it never was a thing, a time period called the golden age of the Moors. We should really say that. I'm gonna say it again. There is no place, there is no time called the golden age of the Moors. They made that's strictly for that particular book. Maybe he meant that the uh the Arabs. Nope, yeah, because it, it's the golden he, age, it's the golden age of the Arabs. He tells you in the book, in the footnotes. He say hey, when he's when he speak about Moors, he's talking about Berbers, probably. Yeah, so Berbers, you got slave act, you got the you got the African, which end up being the slave army. You got the Berbers with Tariq, he's a Berber, and y'all can go back and forth with the Berbers is, and then you got the Arabs. And they in Spain, and they and, and, and once they conquer the area, they divvy up the land, and y'all already know what land the slaves got. They got the land closer to the Europeans. Then you get the Berbers, got the next little buffer. So the African becomes the buffer between the Berber and the European, and then the Arabs get the best land. And that's why they saw fuck each other. They say the hell with this shit. And the whole goddamn fell, thing fell apart. The best land went to the Arabs. All right. The next land went to the Berbers. And the worst shit on the border where you always fight the white boys went to the slave armies. All right. There you go. That's my piece for the night. I hope y'all figured it out. <laughs>
Yeah, we. I guess I said all that shit to say study the white boy shit. I love studying European history. I love wars and shit. Rob Orr, making with you in the chat, huh? Huh? Rob Orr. What? He's speaking to you in the chat. Can't hear him. What'd he say? What'd he say in the chat? Yeah, Rob Orr, I already went over Badan with, with, um, what Badan mean. Just mean white. What'd he say? What'd he say? Balad El Sadan. I mean Badan. They said the um the whites ruled West Africa. Is that what he's talking about? No. Huh? Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm already familiar with the Badan. Now he was just messing with you about something you said. What'd he say? What'd you say, Rob Bone? You said, you said it. Huh? He said, "Hi, I converted up." <laughs> converted. He said he, said he converted you up to what? What's to his new religion. To who? To his new religion. What's his new religion? He'll tell you in a minute. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody convert me. They couldn't even convert me to be a damn Christian growing up. So I already know I ain't getting converted. Shit, and was in it was in the new whopping and shit, looking at everybody like they was crazy as hell. Black said to hell with that footnote. <laughs> huh? <laughs> uh, pure black said to hell with that footnote. Uh, what footnote? Bad sermon. Oh man, no. nah, man, they can't get by that, man. Follow the money, yo. It's always about the money and the finances, man. You you show me what in the African nation was was was. <laughs> was producing the swords and all that shit and the shoes and paying the army to go over there, man. Like, you just show me that. Follow the money, yo. It was the Arabs that was in charge during this time period in this area, man. They on their conquests. Like, as simple as that. That ain't even complicated, yo. That ain't no, that ain't no big, that ain't no big deal. I mean, it is what it is, yo. The Africans ain't running up there. You, 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 it would have been a nice little fight. They would have had to leave West Africa, went across occupied Arab territory, and they would have been fighting because they'd have been fighting over Spain. Simple as that. We we, we don't see that. The Africans, why would Africans need, what would they get or gain from being in Spain? Like, what significance does Spain give an African, especially a sub-Saharan African? Like, they got everything in the land of the Blacks. Period. <laughs> so there's no need in them going to Spain for anything. Just let you know that they were running up servants. They were a part of the army. <laughs> they were front line. They were do boys. Rabon said, uh, he said, let's talk about the, uh, the white Badan, the Al Badan, the white Moors. Yeah, yeah, then you got the Heritage, which is the Black Moors from Morocco and North Africa area. <laughs> hey, I, I did want to say something about how our brothers and sisters on the continent, even Black people here, us as Black people here, how we talk about things. Um, 
in terms of what uncle's making a point about the science and religion, you know, how we infuse them in the language, you know, we, you, you see us casting spells as they would say, but we know we, the way we personify and deify certain aspects of our environment, um, it's reflective in the language. I mean, just with the glyphs, you see how different parts of the body is deified. Um, and with that, when we when we looking at our African text and we're looking at our African culture and we find how you might find an African tradition um, like these divination trays, it's a whole lot of science going on with West African traditions. Let me just say that just off of what I know. There's a whole lot of nature understanding that they have with their environment. And based off of their language and how they relate to the world, their conceptualization, they're going to talk about it a certain way. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't understand the difference. Even getting back to Ankh's point where we start to see in the text where they're separating the religion from the science, their intellect was not any, you know what I'm saying? If they're, if they're healing people, but yet they have some text where they're casting spells, as they would say, or they're you know, saying some things that it looks a little bit spooky to the Western eye, but they're all, but they're also healing people on the battlefield. Does that mean that they're any less intelligent because they hadn't yet separated in the text, in the written document? And I think a lot of us do that when we try to discredit Africa with this Arab stuff and everything else is that they act like the African wasn't intelligent up until that point before they start seeing the separation. Let me, can I say something to that real quick? Um, ahead, um, so let me, without, without actually challenging you on that, let me, let me make this point here. Sometimes I think that we think that there's something wrong with being spooky. Hell, for, for the first damn near 300,000, no, 250,000 years or 250, 50, what, 200 and... 80,000 years, 85, 90,000 years, yo. Spookism ruled today. Like, what the hell else was you going to do? You know it takes time to develop technology and science. Like, this, that shit right there is time sensitive. I mean, it's, it's going to happen in progressional stages. Just like you're not going to dive into the Great Pyramid of Pufu, Khufu out of no fucking way. There has to be stages of understanding the building material so the shit just don't fall down and you got to make mistakes and all of that so i personally um i'm not tripping off of spookism because that's that's where you we humans start off spooky and they have to work their way and the more and, and the more you understand the less spooky you get so part of being african is is, is being spooky I mean, we the first Homo sapiens sapiens to walk up right, to walk up right. So spooky is the game because you. As a matter of fact, I'll argue that your spookism back then was an asset to you. Not so much now. Why am I saying it's an asset? Um, uh, there are books you can read. Okay, uh, Michael Shermer, the Believing Mind, where based off of the evolutionary process. The more things you believe, the better off you was. 
because you would process, you would check out everything, right? And I always give the example of if you're walking down a path and the leaves move, it's better for you to believe it's a snake or a predator in the fucking leaves and go around it than to say, fuck it, I don't believe it and walk through it and just so happen to get bit. So it made more sense because back then, 200,000 years, for your ass to get bit, your ass is done. There is no understanding of snake venom. There is no medicine for you. Your ass is grass. If you're not running fast enough, you will get eaten. So when the high grass moved, right, it was better for you to run than think it was just the wind. Simple as that. For, for you to even venture outside of Africa, to venture any fucking way, you had to believe it was something there. So, 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 so evolution of the brain, right? And, and, and just uh, uh, evolutionary psychology, I, I, I suggest everybody study that because this was also part of what I was doing to understand it. Why do we fucking believe? So it is more natural for us to be spooky than it is for us to be scientific. I just want to close with that. There you go. And can nobody get around that fact? I'm going to say it one more time. It is more natural for you to believe and be spooky than it is to be scientifically sound. There you go. And I hear you loud and clear, brother. I wasn't making a point that we shouldn't be spooky or that we weren't or that it was anything wrong per se. I meant right in that pocket in the narrative where they make it as if, you you know, y'all know the narrative. That's why we up, what, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning doing this. Well, at least our time, you know what I'm saying? Like where they make it seem like the African didn't have any sort of intellectual capacity outside of just um, at some point developing, being able to get scientific. Not that it's any because at some point we have to we have to create our culture. We didn't just up and have Orishas in West Africa and Yoruba and we just pop up on the planet. No, we didn't. But I'm speaking on when they try to discredit us to say that that's all we've ever had that's all we ever will have which is part of this narrative um that i've seen when people try to say well they they big up islam in the golden age but then when it comes to kemet they want to say that aliens built it or that sumer came in and gave us the text all of that plays into that same narrative of saying that all africans ever did was just believe and we never necessarily indigenously created something without outside influence um, that's just something that I noticed in the narrative when they that's attack why, Africa. That's why I gave, that's why I hit you with the greatest thing you could ever do was believe. <laughs> you kind of missed that. <laughs> and that's the point I was trying. I was on your side with it. I just came in another direction. So, 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 so those who don't study and understand evolution, they, they don't understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they don't, they don't understand that homo sapiens saving in 300,000 years was just as intelligent as homo sapiens sapiens in 2020. Only the fucking racist ass idiots and buffoons think anything different. I'm going to say it again, and can't nobody get around it. That homo sapiens sapiens in 300,000 years was just as intelligent and had the same capabilities as homo sapiens sapiens in 2020. What's the goddamn difference? Time to develop. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you could have taught an Egyptian to build a fucking jet plane. You could have taught you could have taught a goddamn hunter gatherer, okay, at two hundred and fifty thousand years 
You could have told them trigonometry. You could have told them how to fucking work on a car. That's what Brother Uncle saying. No serious scientist, no serious person who, who went to study would even deny that. Only the racist white supremacist would say otherwise. And Charles Darwin came and made that point very clear. That no matter what color you are, you're all the same intelligence. Most people don't even read Darwin's books and they get mad when I mention his name because Darwin proved it in his book in The Trip and the Beagle. He talked about it when he was going around the world on a damn boat. Thing it took him five years. He was talking about how if some of the slaves that was on some of the boats he was on, right? He was saying after having conversations with him, he said, damn, they was just as bright and sharp as any person he ever met. And if they was taught certain things, they could learn just like everybody else. That white boy figured it out. So anybody talking about well, we didn't just do that. Motherfucker, we didn't need no damn jets. It wasn't no need for no jets. And then you got to develop the spear before you can even develop the goddamn uh, a projectile that would even make an engine to make something a projectile. That's all a damn plane is. It's being projected by fucking engines. No more different than a boring arrow. It's the same fucking design. Put an arrow up beside a goddamn plane, all right, and put a boring arrow. Yeah, you know I'm saying, and I'm saying, all you doing is is the, the, the fucking bow is projecting the goddamn arrow, and the engine is projecting the damn plane. It's the same shit, but you got to develop a bow and arrow before you can develop a goddamn plane. Most people don't even comprehend that statement right there. You got to develop a, you got to learn how to throw rocks, and shape rocks, and shape stone tools to butcher animals at a 3.5 billion years before you can even develop a goddamn knife. Most people don't get that. The only reason we didn't do it because it takes time. And the time it took to get to those stages, we're laying foundations to even get to those stages. We are the foundation for the first 3,005, for the first 3.5 or 2.5 million years in human history. Yo, we led the way in technology and science. So, I, man, so when they say that, bro, it's funny. I really laugh at them like that. You know, so like you building like the pyramids and, and, and just the well, Zimbabwe, the Great Wall of Zimbabwe. Like these are these are design marvels. So, uh, man, come on, dude. So obviously we was fine, yo. Without all the separate, obviously we was. So, yeah, I was really on your side with that, bro. Yep, because I feel you people do that all the time to us. And it's it's preposterous. Well, go ahead, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you one thing, too. Studying the music, <laughs> people are tired of me hearing me say it, but I'm telling you right now, until you actually... Just like when people say, until you actually get initiated or until you actually do this. Yeah, until you actually sometimes take part in something like you don't have to become a West African musician or a professional West African dancer. But might you might want to take a West African dance class here and there every now and again to help with the studies to understand the psychology of, you know what I mean, or any type of African dance of the people on the continent you're trying to connect yourself to and study of the very blood that's running through your veins. Because why not? 
how else are you going to understand African culture if you don't read, partake to some degree? I'm not saying you have to take a class to understand African culture, but it would definitely aid. That's part of the studies fieldwork is actually experiencing what they felt because that's part of understanding the psychology of how they think with their languages and with why their rituals are the way that they are because you're participating in creating the environment that is the ritual. And so when you're able to create a piece of that environment, now you become a part of that and participate in true African fashion to where you don't have to sit down on the outside like an Abrahamic God and influence the thing on the outside. Because none of us exist outside of nature, as you say, brother. Um, so then therefore, I feel like we should all try to participate to the degree that your finances will allow in your time and everything, you know. Hmm. I tell you, I, I tell you something that's slick though. Watch this. <laughs> you talking about participate. I think it's essential for all African Americans to get installed or at least go through some rituals. And you know why I say that's important? Because when you do some African rituals and some, some blood sacrifices, it shows that you are no longer afraid of the European God. Simple as that. Like you're not afraid to go to hell if you do some traditions that your ancestors practice. This is just a whole nother mindset when you're able to set aside the Christian, Muslim, and Jewish God, and recognize that they have no power over you, and then recognize that I'm not in fear of African custom and tradition, because most people are in fear if you say voodoo, right, or ifa. You know, we've been taught to fear that because you know it's evil and it's wicked, and witches do that, right? But to actually do it as an African-American shows that you're ready to grow because slavery takes you out of your growth. Slavery is like catching an infant and raising it the way you want to raise it. Void of the ancestors that reside in that infant. Culturally speaking, slavery dumbs you all the way down to children. It stunts your growth. Socially, mentally, and physically. And so when you take them steps, right, and you're part of a ceremony, and you cut the head of the chicken off, or you cut the throat, and you put that blood on the altar, you know what I'm saying? And, and you say what you're supposed to say and do what you're supposed to do. Man, you just stepped all the way up in class. That means you're ready. You know what I'm saying? You're ready. You're no longer worried about European gods. Hebrew gods, Jewish gods, Muslim gods. You don't fear that no more. And that's a hell of a step. You, you got people now howling, I call Egyptian mania, right? They ain't doing none of them sacrifices. They ain't doing none of that. Because really, they're still afraid of the European God. They talk that talk, but they ain't walking that walk. We had something with you, bro. Just wanted to support you on that, yo. That, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, I know all my kids have seen it. All of them got some some 
some voodoo ceremonies when they was born. Yeah. Everybody else muted out. Where you at, Sue Tech, Sean? Sean raiding the refrigerator right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> we was going at it for about three hours with Ben. <laughs> oh, was he? What was they talking about? Oh, uh, we building on what we building on. Dealing with West Africa and, and, and you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, but, man, you rocking it right now. We got this. We got this, bro. So yeah, I'm piggybacking off you with that. That yeah, that's a. Oh, let me let let, let me. Uh, did you want to say something? No, go ahead, brother. You teaching? So 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 watch this though. So you talk about um, dance. You should look at some African dance. You learning about dancing? Well, how about this, man? I went to the Baltimore School for the Arts, and I had a um, design class, yo. And as far as they took me back was to Greece. They didn't even take me back to Egypt. So how the fuck are you going to teach me design? And we learn about pylons and all that. This dude take me to the Greek pylons and don't take me to the Egyptian pylons. Like, really? I just didn't know no better. Right? And so we know these impressionist painters, they copied from the West Africans. They learned from the West Africans. Look it up. Van Gogh and the boys. We call them impressionist painters. Yes, uh, they were influenced by West African art, and no one will challenge you on that. Hmm. So you're right. Uh, all the top top artists, painters, still pulling from the great African well, huh? Yeah, everybody do, and 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 don't make no bones about it. It's the gift that keeps giving. That's why I go in about the music specifically from the Malian Empire, because again that's what directly influences your blue your, your blues and jazz and ragtime comes directly out of one of these rhythms that we're using for these ceremonies across all of west africa a particular time signature we call six eight and in set drumming they call it the blues or the drummer shuffle depending on how far back you go originally the drummer shuffle and then when we just we 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 were telling our stories in our american quote unquote American uh griot fashion, we start calling it the blues. You know what I'm saying? And it became the blues shuffle. And then, you know, you get all your greats and you fast forward in time to where you're dealing with Motown and most people don't know the musicians of Motown. And it's just through the 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 point is through the arts, through the music. So I like to say steam. Um because your art is how you combine your science, your technology, how you engineer your thing, you know, using your mathematics properly in order to make it work. Um, and, and, and an artist, a true artist can be any number of things that mixes that together, that understands those principles separately. But we know how to, there's that mixing word again, we know how to bring it all together. And that's what makes it African culture. Like, I don't have a problem with being spooky myself in terms of, you know, because we don't even understand how we even make these sounds on these drums completely. We haven't, ain't no scientific study on how to actually the hand, human hand make sounds on the djembe or a conga drum or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's that's not what you're going to get in a class. You know, um, you're going to get basically how to play the music 
and that's that's where you at. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. Now I ain't gonna be spooky with you though, yo. <laughs> My boy said, "Burn the Bible." <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna be spooky. <laughs> I can't spook out with you. No, I'm saying for those of us that, especially our, our brothers and sisters globally, if that's what you choose to do, that I don't have any problem with you doing that. I'm not saying, I know I said I don't have a problem being spooky. I don't have a problem with, if that's what you choose to do, cool. Um, yes. You know. The whole uh, village can't be spooky, though. Right, right. We all can't be out Look, here just. That's what, that's what Rob was talking about, huh? What? what are you talking about? When you, when you said that uh, the Egyptians mixed science and their religion. What about it? They did. And then they started to separate it, but they didn't didn't quite get there. What are you talking about? I mean, come on, Rob Bowen. I swear to goodness. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't you do it. <laughs> but they still wasn't believing that Heru was walking around like that, though. Like, they wasn't they wasn't saying that i argue with i argue with wuja for like you know if you say wuja name three times he's gonna pop up <laughs> <laughs> nah he out uh, listen man you know how long the nile river was yo four thousand one hundred miles yo i'm not gonna say what was in everybody's head i'm gonna think that homo sapien sapien is basically the same so just like right now you got people that understand that jesus Really didn't walk on water, right? But then you got people to really think that right now. So I'm sure back then you had people that thought that and people that didn't think that based off the level you understand. I mean, am I right or wrong on that? Oh, yeah, true. But I think the overall message wasn't that that's not what, what they was trying to convey. Creating a session, putting like that's not what I get when I when I'm really taught in class, in Wu Jiao's class, when Sean talks to me about it, when Satep talks to me about it. When Kofi talked to me about it, when you, when I listen to you, Bill, anybody who understands the sesh on a level, you know what I'm saying, above my own, that's not what I'm taking away from the understanding. Like, I'm not tuned into the show, the sesh humani Manonetra, and I'm getting all. This is literally a deity that was walking around, and that's what the that was the focus of the message that the Rometch was trying to push. You see what I'm saying? Versus in the Abrahamic faith, the focus is they want you to regurgitate that Jesus literally was a man that walked on water. And that's a long ass river though, yo. <laughs> it's a long river, yo. Ooh, and you know, you, you know how, how what's the literacy level in America right now? Oh man. Deplorable. It ain't hundred percent, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's horrible. Mm -hmm. So it's so everybody wanna literate. So I don't know, man. That's anybody. Me and me and Wu Jai are for like Ten days on that subject, which is argue. And he read Meta Nature. Yeah. Hmm. I ain't reading a line. And I, I just got enough sense to know, come on, man. Look, you got black people, yo, you got if you got black people, yo, if you got humans, it's gonna always be the one to catch the Holy Ghost, yo, no matter what. Oh man, that the now Holy Ghost, huh? Yo, you know, already know it. Come on, yo. Man, look, it's part of being human, man. Yeah, but I guess they fundamental understanding of it was nature. I mean, I, I'm just telling you, man, that the Bible is a nature based killer, yo. It killed, 
Bible kill, it kills humanity, yo, because it makes humanity above the the, the, the the valuable things they need around. They don't incorporate, the Bible don't incorporate stuff. It gives importance to one something that ain't even uh, uh, possible, right? Give you focus. And then it, it, it make the man reign supreme over everything. So you already know that's a human being writing that shit. First of all, he make a God and then he tell a God what to do. That's interesting. How in the hell can a book, a Bible, right, mandate and dictate what God do and what he know and how he feel? It's right there in the book. It tell you I'm jealous, all that. That's a human writing that. Humans write all that. And so the Bible is really written by humans who put man supreme over everything. That, so basically, the Bible is an anti-African book or anti-human book or, or, or anti-non-nature-based book. And when you do that, that's a hell of a mindset to put into people. And so you see these behaviors being acted out when we, we start to not paying attention to the environment to now we want to act, we're on a damn clock, right? If we don't change, you know, certain emissions coming out of cars, the whole global warming is just based off of the, the most invasive species on planet Earth, which is the Homo sapiens sapien. But based off of the majority of not the majority, what you got three billion Christians and uh, 250, three billion Christians and maybe what two billion Muslims that's five billion right there. You got like what a couple hundred million. Jews, right? So right there, bro, they're making decisions based off of a thought that man is greater than, than that man named all the damn animals and greater than everybody. Think, think of that dangerous mindset. Is God is in a position to where nature, you know what I'm saying, uncontrollably, right, is, 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 is working on self-correction you know what I'm saying? Like nature, you know, the earth will correct itself, but but hell, it, 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 you you might be part of the damn correction. There's no there's no guarantee that we won't be extinct. We've only been around 300,000 years as of 2020. That's nothing. You got termites of three, uh, 300 million years. Ants, bees. Bees exist. Look how long bees and wasps exist. Plants. Man, are you serious? Right, primates are a recent thing. <laughs> Hominids, yeah. We talk when you even if I was to say three point five million years, that's recent in Earth history. Four point five billion, that's recent, bro. Life is recent. Cosmos, thirteen point seven billion. So, so, so you got the Muslims, Christians, Jews making determinations on based off of a book. That's anti-nature based. That's crazy, yo. That's a, that's a that's crazy right there, yo. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. Go ahead, bro. Oh yeah, I actually just put something in the chat. Um, well, this chat, not the uh, um, because I get down with the science too. That's what attracted me to the to the squad, and that's what had me you know, buying your book and listening to you over the years because you, every time you turn around, it was either Journal of Science or Journal of Nature. And I grew up watching Discovery Channel. And so 
we know on the continent, that's all we was doing for the first, and even right now to today, just dealing with, we, we, we had to watch our environment. Like you said, we got to watch that bush blowing in the, and the leaves blowing in the wind because we don't know. And so you got to yeah. learn the different snakes and whatnot, but it's off of watching nature that everything else in nature knows what to do with their defense mechanisms, what to eat, when the danger's coming, is because everything else is telling it that this is what's happening. And when we get out of studying nature, like you always say, we really disconnect from this thing we call life. Because we're not going to understand medicine. You know what I'm saying? For those that have a problem with vaccines or not, like you can't, you can't even deal with anything if you're not dealing with your natural environment. I don't care how many elderberries you eat. If you don't know what's an elderberry, you got you got anyway. <laughs> How you gonna discern what's an elderberry and what's not? Yeah, the whole vaccine, black people scared of vaccines, yo, it's crazy to me. Yo. But I ain't never how in the hell is black people more afraid of the vaccine than the actual fucking disease itself? What the hell? Boy, if that ain't some crazy ass shit. That's a genetic memory from white people because that's what they was. They they started the anti-vax movement in Europe. <laughs> Stroops fall over to Boston. Anti-vax ain't moving because they was locking you in a house. If you had the smallpox, or they put you in them pock houses where you can, where you, you know what I mean? That's, you couldn't go nowhere. They locking the door. Y'all done. You either make it or you don't. Right, and then by the time they got the vaccine shot by Edward Jenner, seventeen ninety five, they was they, they was making you, it was locking your ass up if you didn't take the vaccine shot. And then when they locked you up, they gave you the shot. Yeah, so white people come out of that type of climate where the doctor you couldn't tell the difference between a doctor and a quack doctor. Yeah, you you don't necessarily see that popping off like that in West Africa. But I could see why white people have this fear, but I can't see why we got the fear because we had understood, uh, we, we, we had an early working knowledge of um, how to defeat pandemics and, and how to defeat viruses, what to do. We had that, that, that disease, that's the root of right. that's another, that's a foundational piece right there. Introduce a small piece of the, of the pathogen, you get sick, and maybe seven out of 40 people would die instead of 35 out of 40 or 25 out of 40. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, you know, they was boosting the immune system with the, with the, with the virus. You know what I'm saying? Putting stress on the immune system with the virus. So I don't know, black, I think black, it's just a miseducation of a Negro. Yeah. And this 500 years of illiteracy, speaking of illiteracy that we're coming off of, um, you see the, 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 the effects of it, the ripples of that, where you just, you know, you, you get people that don't even, you get somebody something to read and they come back, you'd be like, man, did you even read the article? Like, you saying something totally that ain't even like you wrote a whole article yourself, read it, and then told me that you read what I sent you. Uh -huh. You know, 
You know they ain't real. <laughs> Man. No, they ain't real. Yeah, you know, reading comprehension is essential. Oh, shit, I got what? Damn. Reading comprehension is essential. So when y'all next show, yo? Y'all got y'all got solid days. What are we going live or what? Sunday. Yeah, we got all over the place. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. We, Sunday. There we go. Sunday is. Destruction of Black Civilization, Sunday, Chapter Five. Oh man, let me see. I think that's one of my favorite chapters. I be trying to let y'all get y'all shit off, yo. That's my favorite book of all time. The hell with that shit. Let y'all put y'all 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 the freshness on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my shit right there, yo, old Chancellor, yo. If he wouldn't have went blind, yo. He'd have had a hell of a book. Yeah, it's supposed to be bigger than that. Yeah, he had a couple values. Would have been a couple values. He had to condense it, remember? Mm-hmm. Shit, man. Yo had the methodology, yo. He was calling for teams, yo. Research teams. He was calling for the brothers to write their books in the, in the manner of teams. He was calling for that. He said he could have got a lot of shit done if he'd had teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some real shit right there, yo. That's my favorite rock right there. That shit. That's it right there, yo. He talked about the strong leader skill was in the joint. Yeah, we ain't even got there yet. That's what I'm waiting on. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting on. Throwing niggas up out of there, yo. Strong leader, yo. Hey, you know, you, do, do y'all really know why that's my favorite book? What's that? That's the book that made me a real black atheist right there. That joint right there. Yeah. Right there. He started telling you, he said, no matter what, no matter how we came back, every any well-organized, well-put-together African civilization <laughs> that came back, they was always getting hunted down by ruthless white people. And whenever you accepted their religion, yo, your ass was grass. <laughs> if you didn't get the message, and they say, and the Masis was one of the only groups in town to get that message. Yeah. So I already knew I could never go back to that religion shit, yo. Yeah. Face off that book, it's a thing. The running thing. My damn book at. Yeah, lucky I ain't got my book. I got this shit highlighted all over the book. It, it pop up about four times. Yeah, whenever, whenever you go back to religion, you're done. What time is it on, on Sunday, Sean? Nine, eight? Eight o'clock. Hmm. Oh. Eight o'clock. Yeah. Eight o'clock. Yeah, I'm waiting for about what chapter seven, chapter eight. You go over there to the west. Say what? 
I'm waiting on for what chapter seven or eight when we go over there to the west. Mm. Can't wait till I get to chapter with the Massey man with the zinger in them. All hey. right. Oh man. What 350 elephants drive dead? Oh man. <laughs> In the live summons thing, man. Well, I, don't want, I don't know why I can't put up the day on. Um, uh, what's from Kong? Yeah, man, I don't want to talk y'all to death, man. Go ahead and rock, man. Trying to show me. What is yeah. that? Kobe done fell asleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kobe Kobe done hopped off here. Yeah, Kobe hopped off, went to sleep, man. Yeah, Kobe gonna get off. He ain't messing with y'all this late, man. It's 221, man. Stop talking about, man. That's with y'all, man. Yeah, yeah. It's man. I'm about to flip over myself. I really ain't sleeping, but I'm about to just kind of like read. Get my research on. Try to find this PS5. I need two. You getting it? What you, how you going to get it? You can give me one? Sure. I don't know. I got to give me one first, huh? I thought you said you had it. I thought you had, said you had it. Nah, man. Look, look. 6 a.m. GameStop. Going to have them online. Walmart crashed at at, uh, at 11. They sold, Walmart sold them at 11. And they were sold out. Oh, they act like it was 12. My daughters and them thought it was at 12. Yeah, 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 yeah. 12, it was 12 your time, 11 mine. Yeah, it, it never popped up. up. Yo, that's a joke. They come in, GameStop coming coming at 6 a.m. So uh, your time, 5 a.m. my time. That's another swing at it. 5 a.m. my time? Yeah. You're going to have to be on around 5 a.m. I don't know. I know I got to make sure Saturday I'm on. Uh, we got a couple swings at it. We got Coles even had some PS5s. Did you know that? No, yeah. Coles. Yeah. Nah, Coles let you pre-order. Everybody else ain't taking pre-orders, Court. You can pre-order Coles right now? Nah, they had so many pre-orders they had start canceling. Oh man, yo, you ain't even let me know, yo. I ain't know it either. I just found out. I would have yeah. paid for mine on front, yo. I don't need to reserve nothing, put $50 or $100 on it. I want to pay for the whole thing like right now. That's a pre-order. You know what? My son going to get the, uh, he just going to get the uh, the PC. You want to do that? You know, you know that's how the real game is doing, though, yo. Yeah, the PC game came up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know all that. I do know it's our, I got PS5. You know what I'm saying? Throw that, throw that joke on that 85. You know, get into that 4K and see what it do. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's gonna look nice. Yeah. I ain't even gonna be playing that joke though. I just want to see what it look like. Yeah, I ain't played games and since the done. Sure, right, I'm gonna play the new Assassin's Creed now. <laughs> oh y'all crazy! Look, I'm off this. I'm off this joint, man. I'm gonna finish. Um. Finish reading. Uh, All right, brother. Um, appreciate it. Yeah, man. I appreciate y'all, brothers, man. Yo, you know how we do, man, man. 
you know, let's just keep working, bro. Yeah, let's keep let's keep that shit real solid, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want nobody in the yeah, nobody in the chat. They put they had a plug on that on the PS5s, yo. Man, from Chicago to be hitting the train, yo. What's up with that? GameStop. Man. So you said GameStop at five o'clock. Five a.m. GameStop. What time is it with you? Yeah, at right five a.m. for me, six a.m. for you. All right, GameStop. All right, got you. All right, I'm gonna tell my peoples. So my kid, gamesmanship is where consoles are going. Huh? He's saying that. The He's saying they get the PC gamers. Yeah, that's yeah. What you mean? What? What do you mean? Explain to me what. Corey said that. Said what? Uh, PC gamesmanship. What is that? I don't know. I think they're using bots to buy them. Buy them. Um. Oh yeah, I hear everybody saying that. That can't be true because everybody's saying it. Yeah, they uh, that's how they buying anything these days, though. That's how all the Jordans get so so fast. Man, why they let them do that? What's the joke? What's the game, though? Yo, that's the bullshit. They man, look, that's the new drug, yo. They buy all the Jordans if they got a, if they got like fifteen hundred, they buy the Jordans and then they, you know, what I'm saying they resell them or something, and then they end up making five hundred to a thousand. That's the whole hustle. Yeah. That's the only way they do it. But see me, what I end up doing is, is okay. If I don't get them, if I can't, if I can't get them when they release, then what I do is I, uh, I hit them with the ooh The ooh is I know they be selling them, uh, for a while. So I wait thirty days, forty-five days. You know what I'm saying? They'll come up off of that three hundred. Oh, they'll be two seventy. They'll be off that two seventy. They'll be at two fifty. They come off at two fifty. They be down to two twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so I let them bargain themselves about it. There. Then I be like, all right, let me go ahead and get them. If I can't get them on the first rip, or if my plug ain't got them, sometimes my plug, you know, come through for me and, and be saving a pair. Me and my brother pair. So then we can just get it like that. I don't wear nothing but the ones, yo. Yeah, well, you know, you get ready for them baby blue ones. They coming. Yeah, I'm the one nigga. I don't know if I'm gonna go baby blue though when I'm black. <laughs> yeah, they got several ones releasing now since it's a uh since y'all running up the value on the ones. You used yeah, to be more the series. I just saw the fuck was the ones, yo. Yeah, it used to be cheap, yo. It ain't cheap. Yeah, I know. They was always like a hundred, right? 150. Yep. They going up. How far yeah, they, they going? Huh? That 200 for them ones. No, I ain't no fuck it. Fuck that. Get these though. You can get these. What you got? Let me see. Get... Man, what is them? I don't know what they are. I know that's your favorite joints. These 11s, yo. I ain't fuck with no 11s. Red 11s, yo. You no, I ain't fuck with them. Mm -mm. I'm shining, yo. Uh -uh, I'm fuck with them. Nope. Nope. I got some serious. I got some serious. Ones are they black with like the gray, the red? They slip. Yeah, I ain't seen the black on black. I ain't get the black on blacks. The black, the black blacks. All right, game stop. Six o'clock. I'm gonna tell my kids. Yep. All right, fellas, I'm off.
right, peace. Yo, man, y'all right, stay safe, keep building, yo. Like African power, yo. All right, so we're on that note, man. We're going to end the stream, man. I'm going to say uh, we've been on here two hours, so it's pretty good deal. Shimmer Hotel, depart in peace. Uh, look out for tomorrow around 1.30 uh, Central Time. We're going to be right back live in 12 hours. Tune into the Masi and the uh, Kofi Pasa research team. Man, go pick up Spirit of Masi Volume 2 if you ain't got it. You need that work, especially we, you know, we start talking about these Arabs in Volume 2. Uh, um, and then in Volume 3, we got a treat. So on that note, I'm going to say Shimmer Hotel. That's my piece. Brothers is up to y'all on the panel. And then I'm going to end Peace. Appreciate y'all for coming through. Be uh be on the lookout for us to go live tomorrow about uh dropping the book, volume three, spiritual combat, and we're doing some other things. Y'all gotta come through to check it out. Peace. Thanks for everybody tuning in. Love and appreciate the support. You already know what time it is. We're working. Uh peace. Have a good night.